0: Gaming and BS episode 23, sponsored by darktheater.net, home of the character folio. Gaming and BS, where we talk about RPGs and a bunch of geekery. I'm one of your hosts, Sean.
1: And I am Brett. Welcome back, folks.
0: This is Gaming and BS episode 23, Take Deuce.
1: Yes, Sean had a technical glitch at the beginning, but we fixed that.
0: And as much as Brett likes to point these out, it's, you know, kind of par for the course. It's amazing <laughs> we do anything right over here with Sean <laughs> at the helm.
1: No, no, no. It's... <laughs> I don't give Sean shit, but it's <laughs> My, ball, I mean, my have, balls easy,
0: hurt from getting stomped on all the time.
1: At the easiest end of this. Hey, Brett, come up with a topic. We'll talk about that. Okay. The hardest thing I have, though, the hardest thing is the refrigerator is at the other end of the house. And to get this beer from there to here in time for the show, I, I don't even want to talk about it. It's just it's a lot of work.
0: All right, so thanks for tuning in again. Much appreciated. We're actually recording this a day later than we typically do, which puts me a little under the gun to get it out tomorrow morning on time, which isn't a problem, because we had fun yesterday, which we'll probably yeah. talk a little bit yesterday or later.
1: Yeah, we had a damn good time yesterday, so worth it for us to uh, make Sean work harder. <laughs> yeah. It's, good. it's I, totally I, worth it. I don't mind any of this.
0: I applaud. I applaud our, our, what we're doing. That's okay. I'm good with it. It's
1: all, it's all
0: good. Announcements. Uh, n Zippo from this guy.
1: Nothing new on my end either. I think um I think we're good there. Nothing new.
0: Only thing I could think of actually I forgot to put this on there. I did post um gaming or uh erp, derp, uh it's gone season coming up pretty soon. Yes. And if you want to support your support for gaming and BS, I put a t-shirt up on our spreadshirt shop and marked it up like a buck uh not as to not make any money cuz why why would we want to make any money?
1: Well, clearly, we're doing it for the love of the game.
0: Well, right, and we don't want to make a million dollars where some of the publishers and authors and all the guys that and gals that are really putting their creative ideas into print for all of us to enjoy don't make. Well, any we go money. too
1: far, guys. Like Cookie, he's going to get back at us again. <laughs> you know, he already said you get too big. I want a slice of that, you know. So we got to be careful.
0: So check it out if you go go to GamingNBS.com, dot com and then I think we have store. As one of the menu items, I didn't name it Schwag. I'm named it yeah. Store. Go there, and there's a few of them. Uh, I'm gonna probably order the one that I just put up, the one that's cheap that I marked down without any ma- making up any money was just the uh red drop shadow and the mic. And I'll probably get a couple of those because I'm going to a couple of cons and I'm gonna need them and a podcast event. So, sweet, yeah. So, advertise for us, please.
1: Yes, please. Tell your friends. It. Excuse me.
0: Uh, otherwise, I don't have anything else.
1: Nope, nothing else other than that. I think we can uh, want to hit the sponsor. Yeah, let's do it.
0: Michael Aldhauser, a friend of the show and sponsor, is the gamer behind the awesome dice bags available at grayedout.etsy.com.
1: Yeah, I've got four of these awesome bags. These are stand-up bags, dual drawstring, tough as nails. He can do custom work. He's got a ton of things in his shop. Custom colors, you name it, he can pull it off for you.
0: Be sure to mention Gaming NBS for a 10% discount when you place your order. At the website, Out. that's G-R-E-Y-E-D-O-U-T dot Etsy dot com. All right. So, Brett, your task was to come up with a topic. What did you come up with this
1: week? I came up with, what have RPGs done for you lately? So, what have this is done kinda... for
0: me lately? Yeah, Ooh.
1: so I was talking to um, where this came? Oh my god! I told, oh, you promised, you swore, you swore this wouldn't happen again. Anyway, can't cage the beast, my man. <clears throat> can't cage the beast. I'm gonna fucking try That's what I'm gonna <laughs> do. Anyway, so what happened was I was talking to my oldest son and uh, about my day job, IT project management, and talking about this, that, and the other thing. And my wife overhears me talking about how when I run a meeting. I pretty much run it the same way I run a game. And he's like, Oh, that's kinda of interesting. And then he walks away, go, you know, play Xbox or something. And Susan says, You you really do that? I said, Yeah. She goes, Wow, that's that's kind of a weird application. And then I just kind of went into how that works. And then I started thinking about it more. And I'm like, you know what? There's actually a lot of things apart from what I would consider the traditional pieces. People say that, you know, gaming makes you more creative or does certain things. You'll read that article out there. There was one floating around not too long ago uh, on the g sphere where people were chatting about it. And it's kind of the standard fare. And this was just, I thought, you know what? It's there's—it's permeated other aspects of my life if I think about it. And it's kind of cool. its I think it gives me an edge, honestly. And uh, as my buddy Lenny would say, gamers are the best, most intelligent people. So clearly it does good things for us. Sean.
0: Do you agree?
1: Do you disagree?
0: Yeah, I
1: agree. (laughs) Yeah, I agree.
0: So I pulled it up. It was uh, how to incorporate D and D into your resume, and then that
1: was one. There was another one, other than that too, that I saw a while ago. But I did see that one too.
0: Yeah, that was just like a a, like just somebody cut it out and had it on there. Like met with coworkers twice weekly. Creative. Creativity and conflict resolution exercises gained necessary experience that promoted character and skill growth. Learned to quickly assess the proper tools to resolve situations. No need to mention that the preferred methods of conflict resolution involved long swords and sneak attacks. Somebody said <laughs> like something. Somebody mentioned it. Like, um, oh yeah, you could. T- it was yeah. You're right. It was an article, and then somebody was like, oh, you could totally put that on your resume. I'm like, as a recruiter, professionally. Uh, don't put it on your me right
1: now. That's not a good fucking idea.
0: Don't put it on your resume. <laughs> I actually ha- I have. I've seen wow guild member guild. Are you serious? Yeah, I've seen World of Warcraft guild master on it. I've seen, I think, Magic the Gathering. But I think they might have put that under hobbies, or somebody was developing an app for Magic the Gathering, which was fine. Okay that didn't bother me as much because it could show me how they program something that they enjoyed or whatever and can speak programmatically to it. But yeah, I I wouldn't, I I wouldn't advise like, I don't know. You do what you want, man. I'm a recruit. I tell people I'm a recruiter. You put what you want on your resume. I'm going to give you advice. I I review tons of these things. And if you want to put something on there that I advise against, that's totally up to you. (laughs) Anyways,
1: Yeah. <clears throat> so I don't know if this will uh, what this will uh, turn into eventually, but I think to kind of lead off with, I um, I realized this actually earlier last year. At one point, I had to uh, take over this project that was a complete and utter shit show, and like Brett, you got to help fix this thing. Uh, this is a mess. So I come in. It's the usual IT candidates. I've worked with these guys before, so on and so forth. So get in, work with the team, figure things out, and I we're gonna have this huge all day. Everybody. Come to Thor meeting. We're going to sit down, sort this thing out, and I'm going to tell you all this is how it's going to be and this is what we're going to do. Excuse me. And during this session, it's about five, six hours long, and I am getting shelled by a certain group of people in the back of the room because they never have the balls to sit up front, right? The way in the back, these 20 of the twenty people, and they're just shelling me with, well, what about this? Did you think about that? And I'm just moving, juking, doing my thing, saying this is what's going to happen here. We don't have that answer yet. We're working here. And at the, end of the, at the end of it all, um, pat myself on the back a little bit, I got complimented by people that I just met saying, hey, you really kind of improved your way through that really nicely and you really had a good control of the room, let a lot of people talk. We were able to pay attention. And as people were telling me this, I'm like, this is just like running a game. I, I ran, holy shit, I do. I run meetings the same way I run an RPG session for the most part. <clears throat> the basic theory being that when you're up in front, or I'm talking or whatever's going on, I have to pay attention to everybody in the room. What their body language is telling me? Are they bored? Does the CEO want me to move on? Does this person want to get deeper into whatever the topic is? <clears throat> and frankly, I would not have um, – I don't think I would have honed that skill as well had I not been doing it for so long at the gaming table. Because I look at this, I'm like, these are – it's <laughs> just another group of players. It's the gamer equivalent, if you will, of pretending your audience is in their underwear. I'm just pretending that's the fighter. That's the dickhead rules lawyer. This is the guy who, you know, never pays attention. He's always on his phone. How do I snap him back to where he needs to be? These are the two people always talking off topic. You can never get them to fucking shut up and pay attention to what's going on with the current encounter. So I pretty much use the same tools apart from like throwing dice at their head.
0: I was just going to mention, so you throw dice and pencils and
1: if necessary,
0: tell them to like, hey, get off your get off your laptop.
1: Yeah. The fuck, man? Come on. This ogre is not going to kill itself, or whatever. <laughs> so, anyway, I, and maybe I'm maybe I'm totally the only guy that does that, which I, I can't possibly believe. I mean, Phil Vecchi on from uh, Stew, he's that IT project management guy, and I I've got to believe that at some point, the organization skills that you have, from at least for me anyway, in my IT PM lifestyle, is I kind of the way I can improv through a meeting, you could pull things together, find patterns in it coordinate organize distribute data so people get it maybe one does bleed over to the other vice versa you know like where the things i've learned in my day job help me be a better dungeon master as well but frankly I, I really think that the confidence to run a large event you know is no different than stepping up to a con table is the same type of feeling for me
0: so are you going like, to have your game group on ms project next year or next month
1: no, I hate MS Project. I fucking hate that. How app. about base camp? Maybe maybe we'll base camp it. Maybe we'll do that. Do you do so Sean, am I crazy with that? Do you does that make sense to you? What do you do you have anything like that in your um you know, when you're doing your recruiting bit, right? You're talking to people, do you like hey, I'm the barkeeper, do you do you attack this like you're an NPC? Nothing like that. Don't even think about it. I have no
0: idea I, what you're talking about, man.
1: You're lying. You're <laughs> totally fucking lying. I can see. It. I have You're a set here. of dice
0: on my desk, so that way when I I go, oh, let's see, we'll we'll make like I'll put a mental character sheet in my brain when I review candidate resumes, and I'll be like, okay, are you
1: serious? Are you serious now?
0: Plus one, plus two,
1: minus one. Are, are you being serious? And then totally I
0: roll. Exactly? I roll against the DC, and if they meet the DC or higher, they get they get a, a an email from me, want you know to talk to me. If they don't. Nice. Hey man, you're you're KIA before you even hit the table. You it's traveler man, dead <laughs> dead dead in character
1: creation. Dead in character creation. Okay.
0: No, in seriousness, um, yeah, no, I see. There are certain traits that I think that a lot of us have probably inherited from the role playing game hobby. There's no, I don't. I, who who would argue against that? Really? Like, hey, oh no, it made me a total idiot. No, of course not. I mean, there's, um, I think the biggest thing that I probably meetings, I, I, I wouldn't see them as clearly as you, but I'm not in the meetings that you're in there. Holy cow. Thank God. They're awesome. My meetings
1: <laughs> are awesome. You'd love it. Yeah. You'd level up every, every fucking meeting you level up. That's what we do. I don't hand out XP as we well know. I just level the whole group up as they walk out.
0: Well, it's obvious you don't hand out XP because I know some of the people you deal with and they're not going, like, they're not getting better with every (laughs) level and every project.
1: That's a good point. Yes, I've had to withhold leveling from some of the jackasses I'm forced to work with.
0: You got some guys and gals just stomping on the table, where's my XP? And you're like, "Ah, that's not happening. (laughs) Nice. Maybe you're playing the wrong
1: system. I might be. That could be it. Well, I don't use the fucking rules anyway, so who knows what I'm doing? Dude, ah! you,
0: you should totally try to run a game without anybody knowing it, like fate. Like, hey, I need some, you know, like in your brain, you're like, oh, I need some aspects. Hey, could you come up with like a, a blurb of, you know, how you describe this project or something and then like write it down as an aspect? I don't know.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Now, the other, now if I, from- Take out the public speaking, the what I would consider like the traditional uh, reading, you know, appreciation of stories, understanding constructs, and so forth. And you get to earn that badge to be that guy, right? Who knows all there is to know about Iron Man or whatever it is that you happen to be into in in the regular, you know, nerd sphere. Excuse me. The other thing that I don't, I mean, my best friends are guys I game with and I have gamed with a long time. I have friends outside of gaming, but they are not as good of friends as the ones that I game with on a regular basis. All of my, all my good friends stack have, rank,
0: stack ranking.
1: I still totally stack. For, for, force, ranking. <laughs> force ranking. Force ranking. <laughs> force. Yeah. that's what I do. I totally go like old school. What is it? GM used to do that all the time. I don't know. <clears throat> anyway, no serious force distribution. Yes. That's, that's what, it, what is. it is. Yeah. Yeah. No, but seriously, I mean, the best people that I have met as far as my friends, the people I get along with the best and so on are folks I've met through gaming. I mean, all, if you name a good if i give you one of my good friends that there's somebody i game with you know if i ride a motorcycle with them that happens to be something else that we enjoy together but i i uh, gamers are the people i hang out with i really don't have a lot of friends that aren't into it i just don't i don't i don't hang out with them i don't maybe it makes me a bad person i don't know <laughs> but that's the to me that's the coolest thing that i've gotten out of the rpg hobby is not before I ever played D anD read books. I was into movies and you know into comic books and that type of thing. But once I started doing this, it was uh, you know I, I found people that that could really hang out with, and this is where I found again most of my really good friends. Sean has no friends, just so everybody knows. I have this.
0: I have one one friend, and Brett is my one friend. No, I'm just kidding because somebody else that I, they may think I'm, that they're my one friend was probably listening to this. I don't know. I doubt it because they're, they could probably take me or leave me. I don't know. <laughs> so, anyways, I, I really grew up really in a sad environment. <laughs> it's pretty bad. No, I'm just, dude, this isn't about me, man. All right. No, so, it's not.
1: I think, so I guess, go oh, ahead. So go, no, you go. 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 Oh, you, no, 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 you go. Yield. <laughs> Yield. <laughs>
0: I think uh one thing that it really did to me when I was growing up was the vocabulary. Like I didn't know half the words that were in the damn player's handbook advanced, uh, first edition of
1: A D and D. The Gygaxian English language.
0: Yeah. I think that was uh that was a big one. Uh, and I still don't know what half the words mean.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll tell you what, let's let's uh, let's take this for a second and flip it, right? So when you have What's interesting to me is some of the people I've I've played with over the years I've met at cons or whatever it is, and they're like oh I you know I do software development or I do this that or the other thing, and they're like okay cool they're kind of an analytical brain, <clears throat> excuse me you they're big uh, financial advisors or something along these lines, and you get them in. A game, and you're like, holy crap, you're a moron. I mean, how, you know, there's certain people, you're like, you, you, how did you do, how do you do well at your job that none of those skills translate back? You know, kind of like I was talking about with uh, guys like Phil Vecchione, is that he, he does IT project management. I do that. There's a certain aspect of Is he an what ITPM? I, I think he's an ITPM, or I know he's a project manager. Yeah. I, Phil, if you're listening to this and I, and I mistakenly lumped you with me and my fellow ITPMs, I apologize. ITPMs <laughs> but, are the bazam. Exactly.
0: They're better than other PMs.
1: <laughs> but anyway, the uh, so the other piece of it is that, so like Sean, from a recruiting perspective, is there anything that I guess that you take from that world and you ever translate back into how you game or how you look at stuff? Does that do anything for you?
0: I think uh, <clears throat> I think there's a little bit of the storytelling that goes on, not even just in recruiting, but I have another podcast that I do and- even in recruiting. Oh, this is a good example. So in recruiting, uh when you're interviewing, right? So if you're a candidate and you're inter- interviewing for a job, people like to hear stories. So I think you do really well as a candidate if you have stories. So they'll ask you a question, you know, whoever
1: the interviewer is, uh, tell me about a time when you had to deal with Right yeah those okay.
0: stupid questions but if you have stories in your mind that you can relate back to that are professionally uh created or professionally oriented i guess then um those are good right they don't seem canned they they seem to get your point across they're natural um because they're they're maybe not rehearsed so the the generation of it from your mind versus a script and that's not necessarily me as a recruiter doing that all the time um, personally, but I would see that as just in general. Um, eh, for me, oh, I don't know if I would uh, – gaming and recruiting. I, uh, maybe some creativity behind approaches to recruiting. Um,
1: I don't know. No, nothing? I'm trying to – Oh man, I picked a bummer. Is that what I did? I no,
0: picked a bummer. No, no, no not at all. No, I think it's applicable to a lot of things that we do professionally. I'm just trying to relate it to my instance, and it's, I'm not really, I'm not, I don't have like 50 things that I'm coming up with. I do think in my podcast that I, the other podcast that I do that's on recruiting and hiring and, and jobs, um, I bring up stories a lot because I think people relate to stories humans relate to stories. They like stories. They like the beginning and the end. They like any climaxes and weird things that may happen. Um, so I do, th- I do find that helpful from gaming.
1: Well, even if I take back the, um, <clears throat> see me back to the previous episode talking about disseminating information and in email versus social media and having a wiki that's organized and so forth, some of that stuff is even being able to say, God, I want to be able to take this five pages worth of world stuff and break it down so the characters know the five main things you know being able to break something down, bullet point lists, you know something even that generic that you can take that and it translates kind of from your job back in back into the gaming aspect of it. The other thing I found honestly is that when I have to sell an idea, and I have to do this regularly in my in my day job, <clears throat> or even to my wife when I'm like, "Hey, I want to buy a new motorcycle, and here's why you know if you don't have if you don't have a good pitch, it's not gonna work and um at the job on the job type of thing, I have to be able to have all this data in my head about where the project's at, what's going on with it, all this crap when someone goes, "How come you're not doing x instead of y? I have to be able to give them a really good answer, go get the answer. Or of the cases, and sometimes you you know you have to be able to improv your way through it and um, make something up.
0: Bullshit them.
1: Sometimes you've got to you got to pull (laughs) out the bullshit detector and go. You know what? I think they're asking me just an asshole question, and there's really whatever. I can just blow through this. I don't I don't need to answer that directly. I can walk around this one, or I can do whatever. But being able to think on my feet comes directly from from gaming to me. That's the I learned how to think on my feet and tie stuff together and make sure that I follow back up on what I said I was going to do because of gaming.
0: Well, I if I wouldn't you, have had
1: that, I wouldn't do it.
0: I think communication is definitely something that um, definitely comes into play. I, no question. So if it's communicating the situation or uh, written communication, like you mentioned, bullets, you know, and explaining mm-hmm. things, I hate writing huge one page emails I have, I have a buddy that i game with jim if you're listening dude you need to cut down your emails man it's ridiculous and he knows it i've talked to him I'm like dude your emails are way too freaking long <clears throat> professionally speaking on his end and he knows it but he just i don't know he,
1: oh. some people are overly verbose and that's just how they're gonna go
0: yeah well hey man tweet it 140 characters Like, I think that's a good exercise. Like, Hey, try to communicate what you need to in 140 characters. And if you can't, well, then they'll come back and ask you more information. Uh, But I do think communication is a big one. Um, yeah.
1: Do you feel more comfortable now? If I were to say, Hey, Sean, you got to stand up and do a presentation that doesn't bother you. You know what I mean? And and this isn't, and I'm not saying, so how do I want to do this? So I did a little bit of theater in college. My buddy Lenny did a lot of theater. <clears throat> and I know other folks that have been into that. And there's a certain point when you're on stage and you just cope with it. You know, the lights are on, whatever the case is. But there are certain people that are terrified, right? What was it? More people are afraid of having to speak in public than dying is the old the old standard. I don't know if I Well, still. then,
0: hey, shiv them, man.
1: <laughs> just off with their heads. Their <laughs> <do>. so <laughs> but at this point, I don't care – if I have to do that because I have gamed, I run a game at a con I have done. I I look at honestly things that I do for fun where I had to be in command or control of something, or even the first time I ran for some of the, some of the guys I'm gaming with now, you know, you have to own it. You, you gotta, I know my stuff. I can take care of this. It's a new game system. We're working things out together. You learn how to basically professionally, if you will state, yeah, I don't know this. Well, I'll hang on a second. I'll go look it up. We can figure this out, you know, So it's that fine line of um, kind of when to bullshit and when not per se. But anyway, long way around is that speaking in public or larger groups, I got 20, 30 people in a room, whatever. I I just don't care anymore. It's not that hard. And I don't think it's just, it hasn't been like tons of exposure because most of the meetings I have are small groups and they're groups of people that I work with and then an effort, a project is going on for a year or two years, some of these efforts. So you get to know these folks really well, but you still every once in a while have to go and talk in front of a ton of people. And again... It just it doesn't phase me anymore because I'm like, hey, I know how to master this stuff. I can keep all this crap in my head. I can make a couple crib notes for myself and I can totally go through this adventure, if you will, by describing what the change is for their process, how this is going to impact the way they do web development or whatever the case is. Because it's no different than me telling you, at least in my head, maybe this is just my fucked up way of rationalizing. It's no different than me telling Sean, hey, this is what's happened and why – um, the king has decided to do this, that, and the other thing, and this is the downstream effect, and why the uh, commerce in the city is jacked up, or something along that, along those lines. It's the same. I'm just changing verbs and nouns, but it's the same bloody format in my head.
0: Yeah, speaking in front of a group, it depends on the context of the speaking. If it's a, to if it's a meeting of ten people. It's not an issue as long as I've gone over the material. If I've presented the material once, no problem. If I've never presented it, a little bit of nervousness. The biggest group I think I presented in front of was 50 in, 50 people in face to face and then probably another 50 remote, but they, I don't really think they count because they don't they're they're almost like not they're physically not there, so you don't really consciously go, "Oh shit, there's another 50 people." Now, if I were to speak in front of like a conference of a thousand, which is something that is on my to-do list, is to speak at a conference. Which we're talking—I'm talking at least—I would say at least me. Uh, I would shoot for three hundred, at least minimum, okay. maybe a All thousand. Right. Which I mean, that's—I would probably—I would, yeah, I would probably crap crap my pants ahead of time and go out
1: there. I think I, I'd I'd pay to see that.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> on stage. If it, Look at that. There he went. If it's the right conference, it might be on the web, <laughs> who might, knows.
1: It might be on the web, yes.
0: Um, but I do so in meetings it's not a big deal and I can kind of and I I run a few but they're pretty small. I mean, it could be 6 people. I've spoken in groups of 10 to 20. It's not a big deal. It's it's relatively easy for easier for me to kind of go through. It also depends on what I'm speaking on. If it's something I know really well, then I don't have a problem doing it.
1: No, if I if I step outside of work for a second, and my wife has called me on this a couple of times when we're like shopping for vehicles or we're in a store and a sales guy comes up and wants something out of me, I immediately come up with an NPC persona and I use it on the spot just because I don't want to talk to this guy. I don't want the pressure sale, so I give him some line about something that is – Absolutely believable to him. He goes, "Oh, hey, no problem. Whatever it is. Or, oh, you really want to see that? And I have no intention of, <clears throat> you know, following through or committing at this moment because I'm honestly just looking. But for me, it's a sport, <laughs> so I, I do that on a regular basis. I'll go somewhere, you know, especially like a furniture store, and I'll go off on something about how I'm trying to find something for my grandmother who can't get out out of the, uh, out of the house very often anymore, but she really needs a new a new you know couch or something. <laughs> I just make up shit and I go with it." And she's like, you, you, you just made that up. You, you don't even – your dad's mother has been dead forever. Yeah, I know. But what the fuck? He doesn't know. I'm just having fun. And that's not necessarily – it's just fun for me because I'm like, I don't Sociopath. care.
0: Sociopath.
1: A little bit maybe. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, you know, and it's funny though. Gamers get a bad rap for being not those types of people. Like I wonder – you know, one thing about you and what I mentioned is I wonder – see – I think you, an individual like you, you could pe- you could peg for being one or the other. You, oh, I'm an uh, I'm a project manager. Oh, okay. Oh, and I GM. Oh, control freak. Huh? I see how it is. Like, hey, I'm. Oh, well,
1: I wouldn't say it quite like that. Oh, exactly. come on. I'd say it exactly like that. That's whatever. I, no, I, <laughs> yeah, there's there's some of that. Yeah, I can go with that. Like,
0: could you? Like, I think for you, just you specifically. I don't think you'd be a PM. If you were always a player, or vice versa, like if I was a GM, would you not be wanting it to be a PM? I don't know.
1: I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, me personally, no. I, uh, I think you're right. I, I don't think I'd.
0: Me at a con, and, and as you as you as a player, that'd be interesting. Hey, I try this. Man, yeah. nah, that shit doesn't work, Brett. <laughs> come on it's gotta work nope sorry dude <laughs> nope give me nope, a roll sorry. nope doesn't work what
1: sorry man i walked out of a game like that once <laughs> <laughs> yeah whoa shocker there it is right there him <laughs> out don't walk
0: <laughs> mic drop
1: <clears throat> exactly
0: yeah so, so i don't know what else guess,
1: uh, the other the other thing now this is i'm gonna i'm gonna do this because I, I told sean i was gonna do it <clears throat> so the other thing that's fun for me is when I talk to other gamers and you're at a con, at game holder, or at, at um, Gen Con or wherever it is you're talking to people, you find, hey, what they do. And I find a lot of people in the IT space, um, they're, you know, in some way, shape or form. Sales guys are running into all these types of people. Attorneys. And attorneys, at yeah. two of, of them God, on
0: our guys. Sunday game. <laughs> Jesus. I <laughs> exactly.
1: so feel like was, I was in a
0: deposition. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was fun. But anyway, so the you meet these folks and you're like, wow, this is pretty cool, whatever it is. And what I think is interesting is – how do I do this? The, the people that have skills at doing something and then won't use it in the hobby, right? You have people that are really good at pulling data together or whatever. You have someone in the group, um, like my buddy Lenny. We were talking a while back – before he ever built the wiki uh, page for us to use as a group – we were chatting back and forth. This is back when he was doing a lot of web programming. <clears throat> I said, Man, I just can't find anything. I really wish I had this. And he's like, hang on, I got something. And he goes home and cranks this thing out. That's how my he and my buddy Alpha and I decided we were going to do the dark theater thing. Cause like, hey, we can do this. <clears throat> Excuse me, we have the we have the skills for you know just raw data entry. Alpha's really good at the code work. Lenny's good at the finance end of it, you know, blah, blah, blah. We can make this thing work. And it's really interesting the number of people that you would think would have better skill <laughs> their job seems to indicate that they have better skills than what they're uh than what they pull off right so they, you'll see they don't transfer over really well. they don't they don't seem to transfer very well or mm-hmm. they seem to ignore it and um try to do this well you know we're all gamers and we're not really good at this or we're really trying hard and I honestly am starting to think that unless you are one of the old guard, one of the original guys like uh, you know Frank or uh, or Tim Kask or somebody like that who's <clears throat> been around a very long time. Uh, the rest of us, if you're doing something – like if Sean – this right now. If we're doing this podcast and we're like, well, we don't really know how to use a mic and oh, I really suck at the internet. I, mean, I don't know. I mean it seems weird that people are trying – try to get into the hobby and don't seem to know anything about technology or they don't seem to know how to um, step outside and say, hey, you know, I can kind of build a website to handle to handle all the hits I'm going to get when people want to sign up for my con. But I don't really want to pay anybody to do it. I want to do everything on the cheap. I don't know. It just It's weird to me that people have, <clears throat> within a hobby like this, as friendly and happy as people are to help each other out, and that people have skills that just they can't seem to bring to bear when they're needed or maybe, I don't know totally rambling there but uh
0: i think well so i th- i think that there's going to be plenty of people that may listen to this and go man i don't like technology but i love to game and they'll, they're like old pencil and paper and dice there it's that's their thing like they don't yeah. you know so i think there's a i don't want to make it sound like they could reach out to people to put a wiki into place, even if they're not technically savvy. Because even if it was in place, they they wouldn't use it, or they would just recap their stuff face to face and just do it as if it like it was done thirty years ago. Plus, i I think a lot of the people that we we kind of know or associate ourselves with online. Maybe technically savvy, but that's not, that's a fraction. That's a smidgen of the the hobby.
1: That's a good point. That is a good point.
0: You know, I I don't know
1: because <clears throat> I um yeah okay. And so
0: I so, don't know how that ties in. I, I?
1: Well, I do run into folks that are you know they're they're very technically savvy. They they do this that and the other thing. You know, they're IT folks for for a job, or they're really they've got a a great you know home theater system or something they, have, they know how to set stuff up they know how to do things and somebody puts out a, a book but they won't get it unless it's you know the hardcover right and right. I, I get some of the tactile piece of it but um, when you show up with the the PDF version of it people get cranky about that and that just it seems weird to me that <clears throat> that the anachronistic bridge is at the game table sometimes right where like no I can't I can't allow that piece of technology for for whatever reason so I guess the other thing that from a my job perspective back crossed is that and even working with my kids is I've realized that one of the ways to get both of my boys to pay attention to the rules and to really enjoy them is to get them a PDF copy of the rules so they can have it on their iPads. <clears> then <throat> in between game sessions, they come up to me with their iPad and say, what does this rule mean? I, oh, I have this spell. I now think I know how that works. If I would have tried that last time, how could that have happened? <clears throat> for whatever reason, if I'd give them the book, the Osric book, the 300-plus page book that it is, they're gonna they'll page through it to a point. But having it on their iPad is is really really handy. So, and part of that is because you know I, I work in a technical environment, so I I get that people want to read things on mobile devices and so on and so forth. So I'm kind of embracing it with that group of people because I know it's going to work for them, and that's how they're going to best consume. My the material that I need them to get, right? Man, I'm way the fuck off topic. I was dude.
0: like, dude, where do we go?
1: I have no idea. We went
0: from like, how do you <laughs> 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 how do we go? How do we go from like, dude? This episode you- <laughs> <laughs> Dude,
1: scrap it, start over. No, man, it's all good. No, it's just terrible. No,
0: dude, it's it's good. I think I think we're just Those going just off. Terrible. We're just going off the beaten path. Christ, they'll all <laughs> understand. It's not that big a deal. Um, And that's OK, because we want to know how you think RPGs has influenced you in your life outside of gaming, I think, is kind of the gist of what we're getting. And we're we're talking a lot about the workplace, but it doesn't necessarily have to be the workplace either. I mean, it could be an organization you're a part of or it could be just you as a person i mean i some people may just say well i'm more acceptable of other people because i've played D or rpgs i you don't know, know
1: that's actually that's actually a good thought too because there are a number of things from other hobbies perspective and things that i'm more willing to look at because of it right somebody comes to the table and says hey i'm really into x you're like oh i even know such a thing existed giant robot movies oh Fuck, all right, what about these giant robot movies? So that's a, that's, I hadn't thought about that. I was kind of focusing on the, on the day, day job piece, which kind of, and oddly enough, I think I can kind of tie that back into my stupid spiel about my kids and iPads, but it's something that someone's into, you know, and then you, you dig into it. You're like, oh, that sounds cool. If another gamer told me about it, it might be willing to, you might be, you know, willing to look into it. And then outside of here, I'm more willing to listen to other people talk about sports, which I kind of, I mean, apart from my Packers that Sean and I both adore, um, we really don't, I mean, I don't pay too much attention to it.
0: I kind of equate <laughs> some of it to, let's say you were, let's say you were a hobby, uh, a hobbyist that's into remote control airplanes or something like even raspberry pies, like the little electric, uh, electronics gizmos, right. Where okay. you're, it's not something you do full time all the time. But, uh, oh, here's a good example. So I know a guy at work, uh, that you don't know, but, uh, his name's Jason. He works in our HR area and he, I don't know, he walked by and somebody was like, introduced us and he's like, oh, and they said, yeah, Sean's kind of a, a geek. And he's, and he said, they said, yeah, we're talking to Jason because what he does is he, he talks about, um, you ever heard of a sling box No. So Slingbox is, it's legitimate. You take a Slingbox and you hook it onto your cable and then through Slingbox, you can get cable anywhere. Like you can literally take, you put the Slingbox on a cable hookup and you can go traveling and you can access your cable TV through it. So what he's, I shouldn't probably mention his name on how he's using it because I don't think it's illegal, but, um, so, you know, but I talked to people like, Hey, uh, you know, I had another discussion with another individual, So that's not his job. That's not what he does. But if people go to him, he knows how to do that kind of those things. Like he can technically hook it up, know how to configure it, do a media center, um, have it stream from different locations to different locations and set that all that all that kind of stuff up. I don't know where the hell I'm going with this. But anyways, you know, it's kind of like uh, a bad episode, dude. Oh, my God. (laughs) I, no, I I think- know I had something in my brain. I'm like, so the electronics guy, right? If you're doing uh, Raspberry Pis or you're into remote uh, quadcopters and drones or whatever. So when you get into that, you learn a bunch of stuff that you didn't, you might not have learned prior to getting into that hobby. And so when we converse, they may be talking, They may, we may come up with something like, oh, I'm trying to get this thing to happen in my house. Maybe it's something automated. And they go, oh, you know what? All you really have to do is this. And the way you have to do it is this way. And they, it doesn't have to do with electronics or drones specifically. But because they got into that hobby, they know how to convey that information. Kind of like, well, what you really need is to do this. And the reason you want you don't want to use that is because it will overload it. So it's not... Freaking, he's not ta- he or she's not talking about a drone, but it's talking about their, ex- they've learned that transistors and capacitors and uh, resistors and all that well, other.
1: It's kind of like, like that thing where you understand, you know, when this sword was made or this historical thing occurred and something with Gettysburg, you know, because you become a history buff about this time period that you're researching for your game or whatever it is. I mean, to, to draw it to that component, <clears throat> there's been pieces where I want to know about that stuff because someone in a game asked me how much a Blackhawk helicopter can carry. And we went, okay, um, I don't know, you know, pre-internet perspective. Someone asked me that question. I went, fuck, I don't know. And my buddy John went, oh, I know. And he just rattled it off because he's ex-military and has been in a fuckload of Blackhawks. He's like, no, let's, they carry approximately X amount of blah, blah, blah and this other setup. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I didn't
0: know that. Yeah, your assault school, man. You got to know loads.
1: <clears throat> yeah, so – Apart from just you know the men and women at the table with all this great knowledge, willing to you know chip in and help out with a game when you have a have an immediate question like that. The other thing that from from me perspective is that you'll I want to find out more about the thing. You know if this is how when I started running um, different groups and somebody wanted to get into alchemy or whatever it is, I did some research on what alchemists do or and where, where you know where that came from and who Nicholas Fulmel was and so on and so forth. There's just crap I like to learn about. And um, I think I like to le- read and learn and pay a lot more, you know, the History Channel guy, even though it's not always about history. and So it's kind of garbage, but just sucking that stuff up and constantly looking for, oh, I could use that in a game. Oh, that would work here. You know, it, it becomes part of what you do. And when you look at stuff, you try to sock that data away for another time. You and know you what? Pull I- it out the table.
0: I think with going with some of the theme, and I know we've kind of gone all over the place with this, and that's okay, but I think one thing that I don't, you know, I honestly, I know there's some teachers that are out there that use RPGs for curriculum and how to kind of relate how to teach kids whatever curriculum they're teaching them. So if it's math, they're dealing with dice rolls and probabilities. If it's history, I mean, I can't imagine a better way to teach like history than setting something in an era that somebody's teaching cuz i there's some games that i don't run during an era a specific era cuz i don't know, if know enough about the era to be at least remotely I, I wouldn't feel confident enough to be like oh i know much about it so that if i get tripped up on it i could just say oh this is what happened and this is why and some of the <clears throat> things that were in place and some of the
1: politics we even Call of Cthulhu, when I first heard about it, I played Call of Cthulhu a lot more than ever ran it because I did not feel I knew the 20s and 30s era well enough to actually yeah. convey See it here. appropriately. Right. But when I decided, oh, I really want to do it, I played a bunch. I kind of got the feel. I did some more research. I looked things up. Like when flappers, flappers are a thing. What, how do they deal with this? What what kind of cars do they use? Oh, shit, they don't have plastic really. Maybe Bakelite or whatever the case was. So I had to look up some of stuff so I wasn't, Wrecking the game by these horrible anachronistic statements, right? That would that would come out. So that's a. I mean, that's a good point. I mean, just the. How do I want to say it? I mean, the willingness to learn, because if for no other reason than selfishly speaking, as a game master, I want to have as much data as I can crammed into my head about that setting or wherever the case may be.
0: Yeah, we good.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I think we're good. If we went. Wait, that's that's not going to be happy with this one. No, I'm not. I'm not happy with this at all. But hey, whatever. We did it. We'll move on. So, if you're
0: listening and you're listening to this, and you're like, uh, I, "Yeah, I kind of know where you guys are talking about,"
1: or if we totally missed the mark on something, which that's I'll cool. Fucking to you fucking yeah. TV We missed the mark on something. Somebody has a much better point to make on this than I thought I had because I clearly don't have as good a point as I thought I did.
0: Every 23 episodes. We hit, we hit. We hit.
1: We go. Shit! What was that? <laughs> Sean's gonna hit me again after this episode. What
0: so every episode that we do, we have a little bit of. It's like slightly bullshit, like small amounts of bullshit, and then they keep like it's like a snowball it goes goes bigger, 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 and then by episode twenty three, it's like a big shit storm.
1: Yeah, that would be <laughs> clean the stuff off the walls, scrape the mics, do in, everything. In another
0: twenty-three episodes or forty-six episodes, we'll be
1: speaking you, in, so we absolutely Pentecostal at that point. It would will just be like really crazy. Yeah, they
0: won't even be able to understand the language we're speaking.
1: Yes, we'll go completely nuts. So, all right, that's Pig, enough. Pig Latin.
0: So, all right, let's go into die roll. So we're we gonna go into die roll. You don't want me to. You don't want me to express my opinion of of what i've encountered in the last couple of weeks have you
1: do you oh probably in a minute here we'll get into in that in a minute okay sweet yeah. all i right, want to get enough. through these pieces first all right so um and also in
0: die roll where we talk about two to four points of gaming and geekery that we wanted to bring to your attention brett start us off
1: if, if this was a game, I'd fucking walk out of it, right? This if this game. If this podcast were a game and a con, I'd have walked out of it a while ago. I'd have this to particular have a, episode, I'd have
0: to just be like, dude, I'm <clears throat> I'm sorry, you got a ticket. If I could refund yeah. your money,
1: <laughs> I would, but just please fucking leave. <laughs> so anyway, um, I'll start off with my. I'll kind of count backwards here. I got finally uh, John Wick's Kickstarter of the War came through. Yay! Oh, yeah, yeah, got yeah. There we go. My only – two gripes I had with this Kickstarter. Number one is no communication. I did not know where the damn thing was. I couldn't tell if it was on, behind. We get a glimpse of, hey, we have the DVDs made. They're ready for shipping. I think I heard that two or three times, and um, months and months would go by, and no further information, no nothing. <clears throat> the the books and the maps and all these things were just very delayed and just took, seemed to take forever, and no – I felt I had to kind of stalk him to get an update. And I don't think he likes me anymore because he didn't respond to me after a certain point. He responded to other people. Won't answer me. Anyway, the stuff came hey, in. Th- this it, will looked, g- it, looked, it looks great. This
0: will go into my venting later. Just yeah. remind me. Go ahead.
1: So this looks – I mean, it looks good. The The map from the war looks really cool. It's all in his um, uh, Wicked Fantasy setting, right? It's great. I got another hardbound copy of it. It's great. The DVD, great production value. It's good stuff. I'm just – really wish that there would have been better communications where the hell it was because there were two other Kickstarters that he kicked off before this one had fulfilled any of the backer rewards and that irritates the crap out of me Um, when you start this Kickstarter Exactly. When you start a Kickstarter, and we, I went off on this a while back. When you do that, and then you start another one, and I'm, it's kind of like hey, don't finish, don't start another candy bar until you finish this goddamn candy bar. That just annoyed the crap out of me. But I got it, and uh, unfortunately left a very bad taste in my mouth for Kickstarters. So I am kind of leaning towards where my buddy Lenny is at. Is that starting to feel like it's just a uh, sucker's gambit? Is where I'm feeling at this point. I've just and I know other people have had really great experiences with them, and maybe my expectations were too high.
0: I've got DICE and one and one RPG that are going on like two years in the making. So I don't feel so bad now. Communication is there sporadically. And supposedly my DICE may be coming through not too long. As a matter of fact, Jib from uh, Happy Jacks mentioned the DICE Kickstarter um, cause they were talking about, he's like, yeah, I got a couple Kickstarters and they always, they always talk about Kickstarters and the ones that kind of piss them off or whatever. And, and Jib mentioned the dice one and I'm like, Oh, and then sure enough, it's the same one I'm on.
1: The Dungeon Girl Classics dice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And they were talking, he was talking about that. I don't know if they have launched another Kickstarter since then. But it, it is still moving. It's just taken so long. As a matter of fact, Gary Con last year, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get my dice before Gary Con, And then I'll have DCC dice. And I had to buy them from David Beatty when I got there because I didn't get them in time, which was, it was going to cut it really short. Well, now it's an entire year later and still don't have them. And, you know, ugly. Loomis from Tunnels and Trolls. I mean, he isn't I don't know if he's kicked off any more since Tunnels and Trolls. I know Grimtooth. Uh, which is run by Joseph Goodman, and Grimtooth's Traps is Loomis's. Used to,
1: he used to, it was, uh, it was a Flying Buffalo thing, but yep. he's not part of it.
0: Correct. So, so he, I guess, he made that pretty clear because I think he would have got shish kebabbed if everybody was like the thing, what? That,
1: the thing that the thing that made that burned me the most was I was prepared for it to be late and be delayed, but what burned me was starting another Kickstarter and then seeing pictures of those other backers going, "Hey, I got my book!" And you like, oh. again perhaps i was a little uh my expectations were too high whatever i just uh i will think twice before I ever do another kickstarter just really soured me um <clears throat> moving on the second one i have was there's a gaming tools there's a uh, free uh online magazine pdf you download and magazine uh and-mag.com uh it's old osr type stuff a lot of um first ed ad and d type of articles they partnered up with these guys at uh, uh, Wizardron, uh, wizardron.ans-mag, the link will be on the show notes there. It's a really cool tool set. I posted it out on my Google Plus stream. I should probably tag it back over to the uh, Gaming MBS, uh G Plus site as well. It's just some fun little things. It does some maps. It creates books. It's just one of those um, kind of random generators, if you will of different things that when you're running a fantasy game that are often really really handy to have so it's a cool set of tools, check it out, it's free just poke on it, it's, it's a lot of fun um, the last one and probably the biggest one is uh, our buddy Alex from Gamehole uh, sent the invite to Sean and I to play with uh, Frank Menser um, yesterday, so that's where we were yesterday instead of recording this and uh, which is probably why this the quality of this one is so low. We were just, just <laughs> we we're off we our can, schedule. Man, we
0: can make up a few excuses if we need to Gonna have to come up with something.
1: But anyway, it was fun. Frank has a um, uh, a game he wants to run at GaryCon, and he's like, "Hey, I really like to playtest something," like, which was kind of cool. Frank doesn't normally playtest this stuff much anymore. He's been doing this quite a while. Um, it was uh, Red Box style D anD D. I got to play the dwarf Monty. That was fun. Uh, you were the you were the halfling. Or Hobbit? Female, that was,
0: female Hobbit. Yes. Well, Halfling for copyright purposes.
1: Yes. But it was fun. Um, got to game with Alex. And actually, Sean, it's the first time you and I have actually been at a gaming table together. So that was kind of cool. Is that right? That is absolutely right. That huh. was the first time.
0: Oh, shit.
1: Well, <laughs> you were... <laughs> froze over. I got, to, I got to see uh, Alex's... I got to see the game hole, the one that the uh, the con itself is named from Alex's collection. He gave me a brief tour. It is very, very freaking impressive. It's he's got some amazing stuff in there. It was really, It was a really fun time. I had a lot, a lot of fun with it. And Frank was, Frank was great. We had a lot of fun. He got you know told the stories in between breaks and stuff. But uh, it was it was a good time. It was a good time. If he's um running the uh, sort of oxidane at uh, Gary Con and you get a chance, hop in there. It was it was a hoot.
0: Yeah, he's going out east to do it this weekend.
1: Is is it out east to do it? Okay.
0: He's gonna do it there and then at Gary Con.
1: I will not give any spoilers, but it was uh it was fun.
0: Yeah, we it gave him pr- we gave him some feedback. We we gave Frank some feedback.
1: Well he was asking, he's like, Sean, you know as two as two, you know, alpha gamers. Right. I like- <laughs> right. <laughs> I think it was probably more looking at Alex and the other people, like, Hey, what do you think? And Sean and I mouthed off. He's like, Yeah, whatever you fucking kids get out of my way, you know.
0: Frank is not like that by the way.
1: No, he's not. Frank is incredibly gracious and yeah. incredibly nice, man. It was yeah. a lot of fun. Super cool, dude. All right, I'm done.
0: Sweet. So drive through RPG has D D products on sale. I got the rules cyclopedia for four ninety nine. If you're not familiar with the rules cyclopedia, that's Frank's Red Box and uh all supplements of the BECDM. I think it's the B E C D M basic expert companion.
1: Companion masters.
0: Yeah. So four ninety nine, shit, I picked it up in PDF. That was like
1: uh seventy five percent
0: off or something.
1: Yeah, it is a better version than the original version of that PDF that drive thru offered. I have I had the original one from a while back and um actually I had it. I came home like I think I still have that. And I remember I deleted it because I bought it, God knows when. But the they had reset everything, and it was kind of this pretty text. It was really easy to read and all this stuff, but it was missing big chunks of text. I remember complaining about it, like, well, I'm sorry. There's not much we can do about it. This looks like direct scan from book. The text quality might be a little fuzzy on it around the edges, but it's direct from the book. There's no data missing and everything. So it's a much better, more complete version than the one I had.
0: And I think it's in celebration of the 40th anniversary of d and D, I I believe,
1: I believe you are correct, sir.
0: Which it means I have a 30th anniversary T-shirt because I went to Gen Con that year and got a 30th anniversary T-shirt, which makes my T-shirt 10 years old, which I will wear around with the nice. faded faded black and no holes in it, Yo, know, but. Not yet. No, uh, but I think the rest of the stuff is 15%, um, 15% off the rest of the stuff. Number two, letter forms, dry erase notebook Phil Vecchione of Misdirected Mark and Gnome Stew, and I forgot the publishing place he's got going on, posted it out there, and he might have found it from somebody else, but it's a dry erase notebook that has – it's a 10 by 8 with um, 20 blank sheets and hardbound, but it's dry erase, and you can get pens Mm. from them. And actually, it's not that expensive either. You'd think it was kind of pricey. Um, but I th- you can get it for like twenty bucks. Wow! So check that out if you like. If you want, if you're a notebook person, but want to be able to just kind of jot stuff down and erase it, or you know, take a picture of it, because you can scan it, right? Scan it and put it into a PDF using your cell phone. You get a PDF app. Yeah. Well, yeah. There you go. Uh, check that out. Podcast awards. I mentioned this before. I'll mention them again because I'm going to the conference in April at New Media Expo. Uh, out in vegas but the podcast awards at podcastawards.com has a bunch of categories and there is a gaming category and it's always all the awards that have gone in years past have always gone to the big heavy video Video games video game podcasts i'd love to see a tabletop podcast nominated and win doesn't necessarily have to be us honest to god so if you know somebody, though, and I, I I should really spread this out to other RPG podcasts so they can kind of bring it up and get their audience to nominate themselves. we got to
1: get those damn kids off our lawn. I mean, we need to get the old school RPG stuff back out man, there, man.
0: screw Halo. <coughs> exactly. Damn it. Screw Xbox, X-Bone, whatever. <laughs> Pen and paper dice is where it's at, yo. Uh, number four. What, I just saw this. hundred fine. This was, I think, posted by Chris Hussey, uh, friend of the show. Hundred finalists have been chosen for a one way trip to Mars, and that was posted on the Washington Post. People,
1: what, what, why? What do you mean, people why? Want, you want to go to Mars? I got. Can I nominate people that I'd like to send on a one way ticket to Mars? Can I do that? You know, I,
0: I've my wife. I think she says she would get like volunteer in a heartbeat, but I think she wants to go to Jupiter. Jupiter yeah so yeah man look at that article 100 people man front final frontier they're gonna their names are gonna be their names are gonna
1: be in the history books these are the 100 people we sent away from earth and we will never saw again and there was much rejoicing
0: yay no they're gonna come back as super beings dude they're gonna get assimilated and
1: like all that other stuff yeah it'll be amazing
0: All right, so I think I think that's it
1: Oh, God! I've had enough. there was, a, soak, there was only that other beer. thing. It'll soak my head. there was only
0: that other thing
1: oh, the other thing oh you oh ho 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 so Sean is trying to go oh, to yeah. uh Sean's yeah. trying to go to uh to a certain convention in uh Geneva all right <laughs> so, Genua, here, we go, so here we go damn it Gary here we go boom, kick him
0: all right. I think as gamers, sometimes we – Kickstarters is a good example. That's why I said bring it back to Kickstarters because I think sometimes we let people get off with free passes. You get on a Kickstarter and they don't deliver and you say – and you call them out. You end up getting ganged up on and saying, oh, hey, man, hold on a second, man. You know, I think you're being a little bit harsh. I don't know about that. I mean, so that's one example. One other example.
1: You're continuing to over promise and under deliver does not. So, my goodwill is gone. I'm registering
0: for Gary Khan. I have my badge done, paid. I have my hotel room done, reserved. Now it's time for registration. Registration was going to be at, I don't know what day it was, at, I think it was on like a Saturday. Literally.
1: So, you purchased your badge. You yep. didn't register, you just purchased your badge. no.
0: no. You, you They have badge registration open way before the events.
1: Okay, so you did badge registration. Now you're trying to get events. And then okay.
0: you sign up for events. And I went to register and this website bombed out. Now, keep in mind now, this is for GaryCon 7? Yes. All right, this isn't 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, or 6. This is GaryCon 7
1: the website has sucked for all seven?
0: Well, I think it tanked out last year, but I got the events that I wanted. And then, because what happened was, okay, so what happens is it gets slammed and it comes down. And then they have to reschedule registration. And they've done this at least two years in a row or at least two years. I don't know if it was the same back-to-back or not. So then I have to, so they reschedule it to some like goofy Tuesday night. I get on there Tuesday night. First thing, supposed to start at 8 o'clock, 7.59, had a screenshot. I think my screenshot actually says 8 o'clock. Get a SQL error uh, from their website. I'm like, great. Try to re- you know register for – and this is the kicker. So the people that actually got their events the first time that you were able to get in, they said, you have those events. Okay, I don't know if that's good or bad. And then the second time – so some of those events were maybe half taken already. So, I go in there and try to get some events. They're all. So, finally, the site's back up. Literally, it did bounce back really quick. I'll give them that credit. And then what they said was their ISP wa- mistaken the over flood on the initial event registration date as a DDoS attack. So, first of all,
1: 500 people at a website. Oh my God.
0: I don't care. 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 Like, I don't care. People. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being harsh. Um,
1: this is like we, we talked about this a little bit yesterday while we were waiting for the game to start with Frank where I'm like, look, it's, if I planned my, uh, my first marriage, we had, five, oh, wait, excuse me, five, we had 300 people who whittled it down from the 500. We got down to 300 people that we ended up inviting. And I remember having this discussion with my ex saying, um, well, I don't know if we really have to plan for all of them. I'm like, if you invite – this many people to an event, you have to be prepared that they will all show up in one way or another. If you have, if you register for badges and you have 500 people that have registered for badges, you damn well better be able to handle 500 people day one, hitting your website, trying to do stuff. Hint, they have to be able to do it. Your
0: site is going to get slammed on the first day of registration. So, it rebounds. I get in, I try to get into events. They're all pretty much taken. I got into maybe one or two that I really, really kind of wanted to get into. Then I had other people kind of post like, Hey, it's the spirit of Gary, right? I go there and I don't register for events and I just go there to meet with my friends and I end up gaming with them and it's a good experience and I and it's great. And if that's not good you,
1: for you,
0: and if that's not you, maybe you shouldn't go. And I what? say, well, hold on. In all fairness, I'm like, I get, so that is good for that person. Great. You know, that's their expectations. For all intents and purposes, they don't need to stay at that hotel necessarily, and they don't need to buy their badge in advance. They could just show up for the con, right? So totally, yeah. So their, there, their expectations are like, I don't, they may even be local. They don't even have to take a day off of work. They're just going to go down there on uh, Friday after work, buy their badge for Friday night, Saturday and Sunday, and they're going to drive home every night and go back in the morning every day, which is completely fine. And maybe that's not their scenario, and they got a hotel. But let's think about this and put things in perspective for just a second. I know folks for a fact that have gone from Carolina, the Carolinas, Florida, uh, Vegas, California, who knows even international, that are taking their time out of their their schedules. They're taking time off. So people are like. Well, yeah, we all have to take time off or maybe I don't work or whatever. And it's not a big deal because I take time off to go to these cons. Well, yeah, that's another reason why you want it to be a good experience because I'm taking vacation time that I've earned at my employer where I could actually be taking vacation with my family and I'm sacrificing it to there. My wife's like, yeah, go ahead. Go have a good time. So that's an, you know, so that's that. I couldn't get a hotel room at the Ridge Resort. Okay, that's fine. I got to go off site. Not a big deal, but nonetheless, I can't get. Uh, I can't be on site at the con. So that means I got to stumble down the road to another hotel. Not a big deal. It happens. It gets full. Then I go in, get my badge. You got my badge. Great. Then I go into the events. It crashes once. Crashes again. And then I get in there, and then I can't get to a few events that I want. And then there's people that are trying to figure out, like, well, this event thing's got to change. How could we do it differently? You know, you know, maybe it's not registering or it's VIP or VIP don't doesn't work. Well, I mean, if it's in the spirit of Gary, just throw up a freaking whiteboard and a bunch of sticky notes and say, hey, every hour I'm going to run this at this hour. I'm going to run this at this hour. And then everybody can just go up to the sticky notes and pick whatever they want. You don't even need registration. But the thing is, is I'm paying for a hotel. Some people are like, time off. So probably Wednesday, Wednesday, because they got to fly Wednesday, the cons Thursday, Friday. So that's 3 days off. It goes Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday. If they want to stay the whole day Sunday, they probably fly out Monday. So that's another Monday they have off. So that's 4 days of work that they're taking off. They're booking an airline ticket that's probably a round trip ticket for 500 bucks. Badge is like I don't know 60 bucks. The events are included. And then you're looking at a hotel room for, you know, 5 nights. That's another 5-600 bucks. Maybe yeah, even you more. Look
1: at, you're looking at a $1,500, $2,000. Yeah, you're build. looking at fifteen
0: hundred or two grand worth of of money, and you gotta you gotta deliver.
1: At least with a the Kickstarter, there's the I'm investing in something. The Kickstarter fails. That is a known factor. It could freaking crap out on you. you could be, ah, shit, that didn't work. Damn it, I won't give Sean and Brett my money anymore. They said they were going to do something and they never delivered. This is an event that you're hosting that I'm assuming that they're not trying to be multimillionaires off this, whatever it is. But even if you look at, at uh, Gen Con, Gen Con housing sucks ass. It has been bad for a long time. Last year was bad. This year is worse, I was told. Yeah, and you're
0: paying even more money for Gen Con.
1: <clears throat> a lot more money. And their housing sucks. And what kills me about like the Gen Con perspective is that there are professional groups that do this. We're not the only hobby out there. That sets up hotels. And I know other conventions have issues and things don't always go as planned or whatever the case is. But when it's a consistently bad experience with something, like for Gen Con, the fucking housing never works. At least that's been my experience. It's just a bad thing. And if you can't – excuse me. When you're going to Gary Con and you want to play with Frank Menzner, he's running a game like, hey – Brett and Sean said it was a fun thing. I really want to sign up. He's running the sort of Oxidane. That'd be great. I'd like to get in on that. And you try to get in and you click submit and the fucking site crashes on you. Like, shit, you get back in, it crashes again. You get back in and you're like, oh, it's full now. Great. That's just great. Oh, there I was wacky stuff like I'd add it I'm to my saying, cart
0: what, and then it would be gone out of my cart. I'm like, yeah, what the hell?
1: You. And I get that if <clears throat> you don't have the money or the resources to do it right at that scale or that level of complexity, you have to then tone it back in some way. Then, then cap know it. Your, know your limitation and cap it out, saying, look, um, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to have to go older school. We're going to have to limit something, but I guess too big for your britches, if you will, in a way. I mean, if you're trying to stretch yourself beyond your skill set. This is perhaps where I was going with the concept of, and I'll, and I'll you know brag for Alex a little bit with the game hole stuff, and th- he has people doing the work that are gamers that do this stuff for a living. His website is designed and stress tested and so forth by guys that do this for a living, right? And they are bringing their technology sense and their understanding of that to bear to make sure that it works fine. And I get that not everybody has that luxury. Not everybody has that component of it. With Gen Con, I don't freaking get it because they should just be able to hire somebody to fix it. But for, (coughs) excuse me, for Gary Con, they should be able to, if they can't, find someone to donate the time to work within that technology, then they need to figure out a way to do it within the skill set they have. If it's super limited, then just lay it out there. Say, this is all we can do. You should do it better. I'd like to, but I can't.
0: And if if I'm, if I'm off the handle, man, by all means, write in at gaming and dot, at, at gmail.com and tell me that I am overreacting. I'm all up for that. As a matter of fact, I toned it down after, you know, I had a post that I was going to post on their forums and, there's a long thread, like, how do we address this in the future or whatever? And There's like, you know, thanks for sticking with us. I apologize. And I know Dale. I've spoke to Dale. I've spoken and met Luke a couple times. Very good guys. I much appreciate it. But at the same time, there's a kind of a level of expectation. Now, if they said, look, man, we're it's going to be crap and we're not going to have event registration. You're just going to submit them. And then we'll have a, a table when we get there and people can just sign up and you just go to the table at that certain hour and whoever shows up, shows up. I'm all down for that. I completely can understand as long as that's what the, that's the game. That's the level.
1: What's the um, old don't over, don't overpromise and fail to deliver or, pro, or not even overpromise. Just Don't promise shit you can't deliver on, or you don't know you can deliver on. And that's where I get cranky with the Kickstarter where they say, Oh, I've done this a million times. You're like, okay, where is it? You're an RPG producer. I'm not even picking on, on John in this case. There's groups out there that are doing something, and <clears throat> they're known in the industry. They they've made stuff before. They've done this type of thing. They're writers. They produce this stuff. They've got contacts. And you, you either should be like, okay, cool. It's not that big a deal. It's a splat book, or it's whatever. You should be able to crank this out. And you're like, what? What? How do you keep running into stuff you've never foreseen? So, and we step into this world when you've been doing. A con. there are people that, there are groups out there that you can talk to to help you get it sorted out, how to do it. You could call people that run other conventions. You know, you don't even have to hire people. You can get somebody to help you sort this out, I guess. Just stay within your skill set or just acknowledge your limitation and live with it.
0: It'll be fine. I'm going to go there. It'll be great. But maybe if, if I expect it next year, I could have went to a different conference this year. I could have went to Social Media Marketing World in San Diego, but I chose Gary Con.
1: I don't know. Thanks for listening. I'm one of your hosts, Sean. And I'm Brett. Sorry about this one, folks. Good night. Good gaming.